You're listening to Retail Disrupted, a podcast that explores the latest industry developments and the trends that will shape how we shop in the future. I'm your host, Natalie Berg. Is Amazon about to buy Ocado? Shares in Ocado have soared amid speculation that Amazon and other tech heavyweights are considering a bid for the online supermarket. Now, at the time of recording on Friday afternoon, this is all still speculation. However, I thought it'd be fun to explore what a potential Amazon Ocado deal might look like. And to help me do that, I am pleased to welcome Britain Ladd to the podcast. Britain is a consultant and strategy advisor, and he's one of the world's leading experts in retail strategy, robotics, micro-fulfillment, logistics, and supply chain management. Britain, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here, Natalie. Why don't we start off by you maybe just sharing with our listeners a little bit more about who you are, what you do, and uh, maybe some of the brands that you've worked with, because I think that's going to be really relevant to today's conversation. So I'm Britain Ladd. My background's very heavy in all things related to supply chain logistics, lots of strategy work. Over the years, I've worked with some of the largest retailers. Um, I was a former executive at Amazon. And while I was at Amazon, I basically focused on designing strategies for Amazon to become a third-party logistics company, to become a direct competitor to FedEx and UPS. But the big thing I really was working on was grocery. Um, And so this is one of the things I'm sure we'll talk about here. But um, some of the consulting firms I've worked with over the year were Deloitte, Capgemini, and I've worked with Walmart. I've worked with Microsoft. I mean, I've done projects really for very large companies. I used to live in Saudi Arabia. Uh, Saudi Aramco was my client. So I've been really grateful for the opportunities I've had over the years. Yeah, great. And you also did some work for Kroger. Is that right? Correct. Correct. Um, Yeah, Yeah. So Kroger recruited me from Amazon after they read an article I wrote on the day Amazon acquired Whole Foods. And in this article, what I basically was recommending to Kroger was, now that Amazon's acquired Whole Foods, this is what you're going to have to do. And one of the things I outlined was, I believe you need to acquire Acado, or at a minimum, form a partnership with Acado. And then I explained that, well, that's really not enough, though. You're also going to have to get involved in opening up uh, automated micro-fulfillment centers. And I made recommendations possibly to acquire Albertsons, merge with Ajo Delhaize, things like that. And so they really liked it. And then that's how they recruited me. And that's why I got involved working at Kroger. Interesting. Great. Okay. So let's uh, let's go right to the news. And and I think we have to first off acknowledge that right now it is just a rumor, this idea that Amazon may be interested in buying Ocado. Um, we've been here before. So I'm based in the UK. And I mean, I think it's pretty safe to assume that Amazon has been knocking on a lot of doors since it really made the decision to go big in grocery around you know five, six years ago. We know that they made an approach to buy Waitrose back in 2017, which of course is the same year they bought Whole Foods. There have been on and off rumors that they'd acquire Morrison's, who they have this supply deal with. Uh, Tesco would be great, but you know they'd never get regulatory approval. There was speculation about what a Sainsbury's acquisition might look like, and um, with Argos and its um, its hub and spoke click and collect model, I think that would have been incredibly attractive to a retailer like like Amazon. So the point is, the rumor mill has been churning for a long time here in the UK, and. 
the difference with Okado, if this does progress, which, you know, I think we'll find out, we'll, we'll get hints of this, at least in, in the coming days about, you know, whether there is something there. But I think for me, the difference with Okado is an obvious one, right? They don't have stores. And Andy Jassy has been pretty adamant that stores are an important piece to the grocery puzzle and that they're still looking for that scalable format. And the other difference with Okado is that they have been hemorrhaging money for years. So, Britain, in your view, what is it about Okado that Amazon might find attractive? So in 2016, when I recommended to Amazon to acquire Okado, I wrote a pretty, significant, a pretty significant report about this. And my argument to Amazon really hasn't changed. Amazon, in order to become a major player in groceries, really needs to have a much better fulfillment capability. And when we look at the fact that online grocery retail continues to grow, although it's growing slower than some people had anticipated, by 2030, more than likely, it'll be in the 20 to 25% range of all sales for grocery. And so the argument I made to Amazon... Is that U.S.? Sorry to interrupt. Are you talking about the U.S. here? Well, well, it's probably 25% the U.S. and the U.K. I, I mean, I've read different numbers. So, But think of it this way. Amazon is not going to acquire Ocado to only be focused on the UK. Mm. Amazon would acquire Ocado to basically leverage it to scale globally because Ocado has global interests, has global locations. The two biggest markets that Amazon would focus on, of course, would be the United Kingdom, and it's certainly going to be the US. And so we know for a fact that online sales are growing in both of those regions. They're two of the largest grocery markets. But then we have Ocado in Australia. And Mm -hmm. Amazon has a tremendous interest in being in Australia. Well, there just happens to be Ocado facilities that are being built there. So the argument that I gave to Amazon and the reason why I think Amazon should make a play for Ocado is it gives them access to really what's arguably the world's leading technological fulfillment capability, leveraging the Ocado uh, uh, logistics platform, leveraging the customer fulfillment centers, the vans, and so forth. So that's why I think Amazon should absolutely go after Ocado, but also Amazon can scale Ocado. Amazon can integrate Ocado with AWS. And now they can really do some very interesting things in grocery that they haven't been able to do in the past. Interesting. That's really interesting. I want to come back to your point about e-commerce because I think we have very different views there. So it'll be fun to debate those. But just to um, pick up on your point around Ocado's global presence, you know, like Amazon, Ocado isn't just a retailer, but they're also a technology company. And as you say, a big part of its business now is is licensing its automated technology to these supermarkets around the world, whether that's you know, Kohl's in Australia or um, Auchan in France and Sobeys in Canada. And I guess... <laughs> As a logistics expert, what would you say are the biggest synergies here? I mean, I think you kind of touched on it now, but um, I'm just thinking to some of these retailers that Ocado has partnerships with, um, Amazon, you know, Amazon is a competitor to a lot of these retailers in their respective markets. And a, some of, you know, a lot of retailers have openly said, not specifically these ones, but a lot of retailers have openly said, look, we'll never work with Amazon. They're a competitor. We, we don't want them to have access to our customer data and everything else. So what might a, an, an Amazon and Ocado deal mean for Ocado's existing partners? Well, so number one, we always have to go back to this fact. When a company acquires another company, they own that company and they own all that data. 
And there may be customers of Akata who would say, oh, there's no way. No way am I going to allow this to happen. Am I going, well, they can't stop it. They just can't stop it. And so what I think Amazon would do, number one, is say to those customers, look, we're going to offer several options here. So number one, we've acquired the company. We have access to your data. We're going to integrate that data with AWS, and we're going to provide you with detailed analytics of what your customers want, when they want it. We're going to provide this to CPG companies, and we're going to do it for free for you. That data is your data, but we're going to analyze it, and we're going to help you make better business decisions with it. Another option that Amazon may offer is that we're, we can sign an agreement where the data remains on your servers. It won't be on ours. You know, we'll just simply maintain the relations with the technology for Okado and so forth. So I think there may be some angst and some disagreement. But at the end of the day, if Amazon acquires Okado, those companies are stuck with Okado. You're not going to mm. walk away from Okado with your colds. You're on the hook for those big customer fulfillment centers. So I think there'll be more... I think that they, I don't think there'll be as big of an issue of Amazon acquiring Whole Foods to some of these companies as, as people think. The one company that I think will have a stroke is Kroger. But I warned Kroger in 2017. I said, if you do not acquire Ocado, you're setting yourself up for Amazon to acquire Ocado down the road or somebody else. And I said, I think that can be severely disruptive to you. So take that equation off the market. But they didn't want to do that. So I think the reason why Amazon really wants Ocado is they absolutely now can stop Kroger from mm. achieving their goals. Because what Amazon can do is say, you want to build these micro these customer, customer fulfillment centers using Ocado? We think that's great, but we own them and we own that mm. data. And Amazon's, one of the things I think Amazon is going to want to do is just really become like another Dunhumby. Mm -hmm. or another 8451 and be able to provide all this data and use this data for analytics. But certainly, I think Amazon should go after Ocado, regardless of what some of the frustrations may be on some of the current Ocado customers, because what Amazon can do is when they come to the United States or even in the UK, they can mm -hmm. say, we're going to give you the front end of Ocado for free. The online piece of it, you can have that for free. We'll do the fulfillment at much lower cost than Instacart does. And see, in the United States, we have 38,000 grocery stores, I believe it is. Many of them are independent. So Amazon can simply say, take the front end. We give it to you for free. We're going to do all of your fulfillment for you, but we keep the data. So that's what I think is going to happen here if Amazon goes through with the acquisition. That's interesting. And, you know, that kind of picks up on what we've been seeing in recent years that Amazon, you know, they are quietly, maybe not so quietly anymore, just becoming the rails that the sector runs on. And I guess I'm kind of jumping ahead to ask you what Amazon's end game is. I, I, I do want to go back to Ocado because I think there's a couple of interesting things there. But um, because you brought it up, I, do you think Amazon actually wants to be a grocer or do you think they're just using bricks and mortar as a very expensive experiment to refine their tech, which they'll eventually just sell on to other retailers. Do you think that's the end game? I mean, it's way more lucrative to be a tech vendor than a grocer, right? Well, it is. So here's what I always say to people. And when in 2013, when I wrote my report, The Beautiful Way to Save Woolworths, and I recommended Amazon to acquire Whole Foods, the way I described in that paper, my opinion hasn't changed. What really Amazon understands is that they are an ecosystem. And within their ecosystem, they have millions and millions of customers. Like in the United States, there's, a, I believe, 
125 million Prime members alone. So there's a significant number of Amazon customers globally, and each of them has their own needs. And one of those needs is groceries. It's food. So Amazon looks at that and says, we really need to be able to provide a solution for these customers. We don't necessarily want to be a grocery retailer. We really would rather reimagine the grocery experience. Mm. But to reimagine the grocery experience really requires different technology. It requires the use of data. And it requires an ability to be extremely innovative. So I believe what Amazon is going to do and what I've recommended they do is that be as innovative as possible. Where you need physical stores, have them. Where you can leverage robotics for fulfillment, use it. Where you can get into the food delivery game where you're actually delivering prepared meals you cook in commissaries and things like that, I think you should pursue that as well. But basically become this massive platform that companies and individuals basically plug into and they leverage it to their needs. And so the thing that I think really companies need to understand is this. Amazon's not going away. And for probably 10 years, I've been saying to very large companies globally, you need to start asking this question. What is our Amazon strategy? Not how do we compete against Amazon, but what is our Amazon strategy? So should I, should I use AWS? Should I use all of the, the, the tools on AWS instead of me leveraging my own software? I certainly think you should. Should you outsource your, your logistics and supply chain to Amazon? Well, Amazon's one of the largest and best equipped uh, and best capable logistics companies in the world. You probably should do that. And if you're a grocery retailer and you're using Instacart, well, is it better that you just simply partner with Amazon? Amazon's not going away. People, these customers keep saying, these companies keep thinking, well, I want to keep Amazon away from my customers. Amazon can buy any type of third-party data that's going to tell them exactly what that company's doing. So I really think the time has come. And now we add AI into the mix, everything mm. Amazon's doing with it. So I think companies are better suited to say, what's our Amazon strategy versus trying to compete? And I think Amazon's just going to be a massive enabler of retail and manufacturing and logistics for many, many companies. That is the smartest play for Amazon long-term. Mm. So becoming the rails, essentially. Like, exactly. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Oh, 100%. Which, which raises a whole lot of regulatory concerns and antitrust concerns. And, you know, that's... A we won't go there on this podcast, but uh, but that's worth mentioning as well. Uh, just, to, just to kind of stick with grocery for a little bit, you know... They can't be the everything store without grocery. And I do get what entices them. It's the kind of habitual, high frequency, non-discretionary nature of this category. Um, it's also a way to lock people in. And I know uh, you kindly contributed uh, an excerpt that we included in our book a few years back around uh, Amazon. And it's something that Maya and I talked a lot about in the book. It's it, In terms of grocery, this is really a way to lock people in so that they then make Amazon their first protocol for everything else. So it's kind of the whole kind of stickiness of their prime ecosystem there. But it's complex. It's a low margin game. It is a sector that is incredibly well served, as you've already alluded to. And Amazon's struggles have been pretty well documented. So I'm just curious to get your views on bricks and mortar. I know we just talked about whether or not this is just an expensive experiment or whether you know they actually want to play a role there. But um. I don't know. What do you, how are you finding the, like, how is Amazon faring in the grocery category? Because we know that the tech is expensive. It's difficult to scale. They've hit the brakes on the expansion of their checkout free stores, both 
you know, in the UK and and uh, I believe in the US as well. The customer experience, I mean, it can come across as a little bit clinical and soulless. What's the differentiating factor? I think that's another question. You know, it's cool to have checkout free stores, but particularly in a cost of living crisis where, you know, grocery inflation is through the roof. Shopper, you know what's what's going to differentiate you from your rivals? Is are you purely playing on convenience? Is it you know it's clearly not price? There's so much going on there, and I'm just curious to get your thoughts on the current state of play. And do you think Amazon can ever really make its mark in grocery? Well, Amazon certainly can make its mark in grocery, but we have to step back a minute. When I had recommended Amazon to acquire Whole Foods, and and they acquired Whole Foods. I was very vocal to Amazon and saying, look, you must now acquire the retailer Target within two years. And then you open up Whole Foods Market stores inside of each Target store. And then you leverage that massive Target ecosystem of physical retail. And you Mm. start to introduce Amazon into that physical retail network. So now you have around 500 Whole Foods stores and you'd have around 2,000 Uh, Whole Foods stores eventually and Target stores. So now Amazon has around 2,500 grocery stores. Then Amazon can start scaling either more Whole Foods, but what I said to Amazon is open up Whole Foods Plus stores and sell traditional supermarket products, Tide and Coke and Pepsi, salty snacks. Just call it Whole Foods Plus, and now you can open up several thousands of those. Amazon, for some reason, well, the reason why they did it is they had a change in leadership and Amazon acquired Whole Foods and they honestly didn't have a long term strategy. There wasn't an appetite to go acquire Target. um, And I think that's still a big mistake that they made. And so now what's happened is that Amazon's been kind of stumbling along without a strategy. They did bring in Claire Peters, Peter Bowery and Tony Hoggett. Um, Tony Hoggett and Peter come from Tesco. Uh, Mm -hmm. They're now very influential within Amazon. They're trying to help Amazon make better decisions when it comes to grocery. But at the end of the day, here's the brutal truth. Amazon's at a significant disadvantage in grocery because they have so few stores. Here in the U.S., you have Walmart with thousands of stores. Mm -hmm. Kroger has has 3,000. Albertsons has over 2,000. So if Kroger and Albertsons merge, you're looking at a company with over 5,000 stores you're competing against, and that's just one competitor. So I think Amazon absolutely is going to have to look at this and say, so how do we have a multi-pronged approach? How do we have physical stores? How do we have online? How do we leverage micro-fulfillment centers to fulfill and so forth? Are they going to need to have more physical stores? Absolutely. I believe what they should do, even if they acquire a Cotto, I think they should acquire Trader Joe's. I think Trader Joe's is a great fit. It complements Whole Foods in the United States. I am not a fan mm-hmm. at all of Amazon trying to acquire Morrison's or Sainsbury or Asda or anything like that. I've been very open and honest to Amazon when they've reached out to me for my opinion. I've said, you either acquire Tesco or you mm-hmm. acqu- or, you know, you know, basically acquire Tesco or that's it. Um, go big or I go home. <laughs> big, go big or go home. Now, will the competition commission, I can't remember the exact name of it in the in the UK, approve something like that? They would yeah. fight it. But I think that that competition commission is realizing now we're in a very challenging position here. And we don't want to see a bunch of empty physical retail stores. So I think they would be much more willing to support an acquisition of Ocado. I think they would be more willing for Amazon to buy these stores. They know Amazon's not going away. 
so that's something. Um, I think Carrefour is another company that Amazon should look at to acquire, but the French aren't ever going to approve that. <laughs> and so that's the challenge for Amazon. Either I buy Morrison's or some of these other smaller British stores. No, go for Tesco, go for Ocado in the United States, go for Trader Joe's. And then what Amazon can do is start building their own format, Whole Foods Plus or something else. As far as Amazon Go, I've never liked Amazon Go. I think the biggest mistake Amazon made is they tried to build a retail format around the technology. I think that was a terrible idea. I think they should just simply close all Amazon Go stores and stick to the technology um, and license that. Just as if they acquire Ocado, they should license that technology to whoever they want. But Amazon does the fulfillment. Hmm. So you, that's that's the thing I think is going to be interesting. Do you think that's why they're pausing expansion? Do you think they're just taking time to kind of evaluate and decide what the next steps are? I think they've had no choice but to realize Amazon Go never met their expectations. I I was I, when I went to my first Amazon Go, I wrote a report about it. I said, "Yep, it was really neat, and it's completely unneeded hmm. because <laughs> people don't make a choice of where they shop." based on the cashiers in the store. They just don't. And if you like what a grocery store provides you, you could care less if you have cashiers in there or not. Certainly it helps if you can if you have a if you can check out and you can check out faster. But to say I'm going to this store specifically because of checkout technology and they don't carry the items I want and the prices are higher or something like that. It doesn't make sense for anyone to think you're going to be successful building those stores. So mm. I think Amazon's come to the realization that this just isn't something we can scale. It doesn't make sense for us to do it. And so I think they're going to pause and eventually just kill the brand and just stick with the technology licensing. I think they'll shut down Amazon Fresh, or I hope they'll, they'll end the name Amazon Fresh and, and convert it to Whole Foods Plus or something. No one knows who Amazon Fresh is. And, and, and Whole Foods was supposed to be all things fresh. So why in the world would you have Amazon Fresh? It just confuses the customer. So I think Amazon's got a lot of work cut out for them. Uh, but Amazon's going to have to spend billions and billions of dollars to be successful in grocery. And if they're not willing to do that, then the other thing that I've written about and stated to Amazon is I said, divest Whole Foods and get out of the grocery game completely. Just walk away from it. Um, so, so this is what's going to be interesting. If Amazon acquires Ocado, that gives us a, a, a hint that they're in the game still, that they're absolutely thinking they can be a player in groceries. Yeah, that's interesting. And I think just to go back to Ocado, it also gives Amazon that overnight credibility and also overnight reach that they don't have in grocery. And, you know, Ocado is not the largest online grocer in the UK. You've got Tesco with, I think, around 40% share of the market, which makes sense because it's the biggest supermarket. But Ocado is a big player. Um, and I think there is a big challenge for Amazon, at least here in the UK. And I, I can't really speak to, you know, its perception in the US. But I would definitely say that here, UK shoppers perceive Amazon as a destination for Lego, not lettuce. That's <laughs> that's what I tweeted the other day. It's, you know, it's where we go for all the random things that we need and, you know, all the things that we know at Amazon for. But it's, it's just not seen as a credible grocery destination. And yeah, that's certainly something that Ocado can fix overnight. So that'll be interesting. Uh, things are tough for Ocado right now, though. So just to kind of highlight some of the, their challenges, um, they have a lot of customers. So we just sort of touched on uh, 950,000 active customers, and that's grown by about 14% on last year. 
It's also a little bit complicated because Ocado Retail here in the UK is actually a 50-50 joint venture with Marks & Spencer, which is a, mm-hmm. a major high street retailer here. So that complicates things as well. Um, but things are tough for them. You know, average basket size is shrinking. So during COVID, shoppers put an average of 56 items in their basket. Now it's 45. Uh, they're probably spending a similar amount despite putting fewer items in because of food inflation. But that's a whole other story. Uh, I also get the sense that people are shopping with Ocado less frequently. So we've moved away from COVID times where we were doing that. It was so hard to get a grocery slot and we were doing that big online order. And now I think, you know, shoppers are generally shopping more frequently. And the problem for Ocado, because it doesn't have stores, is that when shoppers are going to do that midweek top up shop, it's going to be with one of their competitors. So again, to go back to your point around, you know, if Amazon buys Ocado, they still need to buy someone else. So I think that's uh, that's another point worth, well, worth calling so out. Here's what's interesting. But here's what's interesting. And this is absolutely something that could happen. So when I've written about this over the years, I've said, look, everyone thinks that Amazon, when they make an acquisition, would only buy one thing. And I said, if Amazon acquires Ocado, it is not beyond the realm that they wouldn't acquire Marks and Spencer. It's not beyond the realm that they wouldn't then go after Morrison's or Asda or so forth because they need those physical stores. And it's not beyond the realm of possibility. What Amazon says is, what do you mean we don't have physical stores? We're going to open up Ocado stores or we're going to call them Amazon Ocado. And so now what happens is Amazon just basically says, we're going to take the Ocado experience and we're going to transfer it to a physical store format. And this is what it's going to look like. And we're going to leverage the Prime program and things like that to give you much better discounts. But here's the thing I want to make sure I mention about Okada. I'm convinced that really what Amazon also wants to do with Okado is expand it far beyond grocery. I think the mistake that Okada has made the most over the years, and I've been very critical of Tim Steiner for this, Okada has been way too focused on groceries when, frankly, globally, in the UK and in the United Kingdom, really what I believe is, ne- is, is an opportunity for Ocado is actually to fulfill all things retail for, for physical retailers, whether it's a Walmart, whether it's a Macy's, whether it's a Kohl's, you know, the retailers we have in the US, there are different, you know, retailers in the United Kingdom, but basically open up the capability of Ocado to fulfill all things other than just grocery. And I think that's an interesting move. The other thing that I think is interesting about Ocado is Amazon saying, we're actually going to become a wholesaler and we're going to use this technology to do wholesale, but do same day wholesale. We're going to change the game and how fast wholesale can actually be managed. So you could leverage Ocado for doing something like that as well. So when I talk about Ocado and write about Ocado, I don't only think of Ocado as only focused on grocery. I say, let's expand that into other categories. I think that's very important because I believe that's a way for Ocado to become much more, to generate more revenue and become more profitable. Interesting. And more embedded with the customer at the end of the day. And I mean, they- much, much more embedded. They, um, to be fair to them, they have, they're, you know, since the M&S JV, they now, you can now buy some M&S um, non-food items, but it's definitely not a core part oh, of the offering. Tiny. So it's small. It's, yeah. It's very small. If you look at what Ocado has done globally, they've always focused on grocery for the use of their product, for the use of their software and, and, cap- and CFCs, I should say. So I think it's a really interesting thing, but I also want to say this, and I want to be on the record. What does Ocado need to do, even if Amazon doesn't acquire them? It's simple. They need to fire Tim Steiner. Let me repeat. (laughs) The biggest mistake that Ocado has made 
has allowed Tim Steiner to remain in charge. Now, I like Tim, but he's a prickly pear. He is a guy that's very challenging to interact with. I think he's a true believer. In his mind, Okado can do anything. Everything is great. There's nothing to see here. Just move along. And I think that's what's hurt Okada the most. And so if Amazon doesn't acquire Okada, I think Okada absolutely needs to replace Tim. Um, if Amazon does acquire Okada, I think they absolutely have to replace, to replace Tim. I think Tony Hoggett of Amazon now should be the CEO of Okada if they acquire. I think Tony is a perfect fit. Um, I think they need a new CFO, uh, this girl, Vanetta Barrage, who uh, works for the Rolla Group now. She's a former Okado person. I think she should become the CFO. And I think by making just those two changes, you're going to see Okado start to improve. But Tim has been at the wheel. Uh, he's been at the, hel the helm of that ship from the beginning. And I just think all he does is bang into one iceberg after another. And there needs to be somebody else steering that ship. And I like Tim. I respect mm -hmm. him. But he absolutely is a true believer. He doesn't want to make the big moves, I think, that Okado has to make. And I've read other people say very similar comments. Yeah, he, yeah, absolutely. He is a true, I'm not going to call him a prickly pear, but uh, <laughs> he is a true believer for sure. In fact, um, just to bring this back to e-commerce, you know, I was I pulled out a couple of quotes from him around um, his his thoughts around e-commerce. And naturally, you know, founder and CEO of Avocado, he's going to believe that e-commerce is still going to keep growing. Uh, but I'm not sure I agree with that. Um, he says, I just absolutely this is a quote from Tim. I just absolutely don't believe we're going to stick at this level. And anyway, we're acquiring market share from our competitors and we'll continue to do so. So he thinks, despite this slowdown that we've seen post-COVID, um, that e-commerce, grocery e-commerce is just going to keep growing. Now, I'm going to come to you in a sec, but I just, I'm, for the record, going to share my views on this. And I think maybe we're going to disagree here, but that's all right. That's more fun. <laughs> so, you know, we had the boom and bust cycle of online grocery uh, we all witnessed the pandemic-induced surge in this space, right? It was a total tidal wave here in the UK, which, again, we should call out, is one of the most advanced online grocery markets in the world. It took decades for grocery e-commerce penetration to reach just 6 to 7% of the market. And this is, again, pre-pandemic. A few months into the pandemic, it doubled. It peaked at about 16%. And right now we're back to roughly 9%, just below 9%. And I think that's due to two things. One, it's this, you know, we're returning to normality, right? To some sense of normality. The world's a lot more hybrid today, but we are returning to pre-pandemic lifestyles. Secondly, here in the UK in particular, we have the cost of living crisis. And, you know, let's face it, you as a shopper are going to get better value by leaving your house and going into a supermarket instead of buying groceries online. So uh, a couple years ago, Christian Hartnagel, who was then the CEO of Little here in the UK, uh, now the CEO of Little in Germany, uh, he made a comment again a couple of years ago. It was, you know, is, is e-commerce going to carry on at this rate? Is this it now? Will we go back to normal? And he was spot on. So he said, I am absolutely convinced that we are not in this new normal right now. We are in a temporary normal. And that when the pandemic ended, grocery e-commerce penetration rates would drop. And that is what happened. And I think Amazon buying Ocado means doubling down on grocery e-commerce at a time when, yeah, shoppers are returning to their old habits. 
this online grocery revolution really failed to materialize. And my view is that if a pandemic can't convince shoppers to permanently alter their habits and make that switch to buying groceries online, well, then I'm not sure what can. So I'm a little bit of a cynic, but I'm curious to get your views here, Britton. Well, I probably was the most skeptical and cynical of everybody when the pandemic hit. And I was writing multiple posts and writing articles. And what I was saying was, is look, people make decisions for two reasons, out of inspiration or desperation. And everything they were doing in the pandemic was because they were desperate. Why were they buying more groceries online? They were desperate. They could, they didn't want to go out of the house. They didn't want to be people. And I was very clear. I said, once the, once the pandemic ends, and I said, historically, the pandemics last anywhere from nine to 18 months. I said, when it ends, I guarantee you people are going to go right back to their same behaviors. And the other thing I've written is this. There are lots of people in technology who are convinced that they're just going to find a way to brute force people to get out of stores and do everything online. But what people are saying is, no, we prefer to shop in stores. And so when I talk about e-commerce, what I say is, especially when it comes to grocery e-commerce, I said, at most by 2030, I think you're looking at no more than 12.5 to 15% market share in the U.S., will be dedicated to online. In the United Kingdom, I think you're pretty much going to be no more than 10%, you know, maybe 10.5 at most. And, and then I look at other regions of the world, and I think they're going to be the same. China's it's a little higher, but they have a completely different business model and so forth. So I really am amazed when someone like Tim, who I again say he's a true believer, and he's wrong. He absolutely is wrong. He's been wrong many, many times when I've read quotes from him because he just keeps trying to convince us, oh, it's around the corner. It's just around the corner. And we're going to start seeing 20% growth in e-commerce. And so we're right there. We are absolutely the company you want to invest in. No, what you need is a company that can legitimately look at the market and say, this is what we estimate. You know what? We believe we're going to be 10% here in this region of the world. We're going to be 11% in that region of the world. In the United States, it's going to be maybe 15%. And we're going to basically make sure that we can meet the needs of those customers. But we're also going to be in all things retail that have nothing to do with grocery. And that's going to increase. It's going to increase higher than traditional grocery uh, online sales will be. So we're going to have a big part of that market as well. So you need to have more of a balanced approach. And that's what's missing from Mikado. So if Tim is just simply every night, you know, getting on his knees and saying, please, 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 please convince people to buy more groceries online so it helps my company. Well, I don't think that's much of a strategy. And that's really what it appears he's, he's doing. Mm. So I think that we don't really disagree at all on this. I think it's going to take a long time for customers, if ever, to say, I don't want to be in a store. People like being in a store. I see nothing wrong with shopping in a store. No matter that Amazon or other companies say, we want to try and get customers out of a store, it's not working. So you might as well accept it and say, well, if this is going to be the reality of the business model, then how do I fulfill products using the most advanced technology? Okado is it. So I'm going to buy Okado. Well, I need to have stores as well. So you know what? I'm going to buy Morrison's because I think I can really change Morrison's or I'll buy Marks and Spencer, whatever. Uh, maybe I, I'll buy someone else or I'll open up my own stores. 
But at no matter what, no matter what you sell online, you still have to fulfill. And that's what I like about Amazon Acquiring Ocado. I think they can really leverage it. Now, there are other companies I've written about that I think may have an interest in Ocado. I think TikTok is absolutely crazy if they don't acquire Ocado. I'm amazed they haven't already done it. Uh, I think Microsoft should have already acquired Ocado. I think Meta, which used to be called Facebook, should have already acquired Ocado. So I think Ocado actually is a very valuable company to many other companies. Instacart should have already acquired Ocado. So there's a lot of cool things going on with Ocado, but let's be honest. Let's not try and paint the picture that somehow the market for e-commerce is just going to explode. I don't think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a slow, gradual climb, and then it's going to be. Mm. It's just what I believe is going to happen. Yeah. Okay. So we are in more in more in agreement than I thought. And yeah, I think again, if a pandemic can accelerate online grocery adoption, then what's going to do it? I guess just um, I don't know. Just kind of thinking out loud. Be interesting to see how AI changes the online grocery experience. And I just uh, released a podcast episode around Carrefour's new AI-powered chatbot and how much more immersive and inspirational of an experience that shoppers have when they're buying groceries online. Because too often when we, walk in, when we walk into a store or especially when we're ordering groceries online, we're doing the same thing week in, week out. It's a chore. It's, you know, and so any way to kind of add inspiration, create more of an experience. Again, it's just this bigger picture of a um, digital experiences becoming more immersive, more lifelike, multidimensional, more discovery, more engaging. You know, that's very much the direction of travel, I feel, for retail across the board. And it'd be, I think, interesting to see how grocery uh, progresses in that space. Oh, and, and I agree. And so along with with um, Ocado and other acquisitions, the thing that I've really made an argument to Amazon about and Kroger and Walmart and other companies, uh, even even Tesco, I said, these companies are missing a great opportunity to partner with a company called 345 Global. And it's founded by a man named Mark Edwards. And Mark Edwards is this legend when it comes to all things technology and animation and so forth. And I believe that 345 Global, in my opinion, and I've looked at everything out there, no one has a better immersive grocery experience than 345 Global. And I don't think anyone has better digital twin technology and integrated store planning capabilities than 345 Global. So again, it's one of those things where I'm saying to someone like an Amazon, if you acquire Ocado, that's great, but you have a gap and that gap can be filled by 345 Global. Tesco is saying, you know what, we're doing pretty good with our online. We are not going to buy we're not going to buy Ocado, but we could take a look at what 345 Global is doing. And that's really what I'm encouraging. And I don't work for the company. I don't own stock in or anything like that. That was my next but, question. <laughs> but, but, what, um, but what I really believe has to happen is that people always need to understand there's not one thing you can buy as an Amazon and become better at grocery. There's not one thing that, that Tesco can buy and become better at grocery. You have to buy multiple things. But when it comes to AI, the company I do stand behind that I think is better than anything out there is 345 Global. Um, and I think Mark Edwards is someone that everybody who's listening to this podcast who works for any of these companies, these retailers, uh, Ocado should have already reached out to Mark and said, how do we integrate 345 Global into our platform? So I agree with you. I think AI is going to be transformative. But I think you should be very careful in what AI you go after as a retailer, because I've I've evaluated 
13 different platforms. And most of them are just very basic. They're just, they look cool, but they have no value. Three, mm. four, five global, what they've done is they've created tremendous value for the consumer and the companies that have a partnership with them. So I, I really think we're going to be entering a very interesting time when as these companies integrate AI into their platforms and into their experience, well, does that now suddenly say to the consumer, I love shopping online? Because mm -hmm. the cool thing about 345 Global is they can duplicate any retailer's store and, re and duplicate their exact aisles in the store. So you can shop online thinking you're actually in the store and you even have the ability to appear you're standing in the store as you're shopping online. See, that's wow. how advanced this technology is becoming. So does that suddenly say to people, this is the most fascinating thing I've ever done. It's like I'm in the store, but I'm sitting on my couch at home. And that's what has something that could spike online sales. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I could see it being a game changer. So really yeah. interesting stuff. All right, I'm going to ask you one last question, Britton, and then I'll let you go. Sure. Amazon, Amazon in 2030. What are we going to see? Do you think Amazon will go from being the disruptor to the disrupted? No. Um, and here's why. I've worked, I've had the pleasure, I've had the honor of working for some really great companies, being a consultant for some really great companies, the Googles, the Microsoft, and so forth. And I've never worked at a company that was more willing to accept big ideas than Amazon. I never worked for a company that I thought had better executives than Amazon. And the thing that Amazon has in their DNA is they think big. And so what I believe is going to happen by 2030 is that Amazon certainly will still be a player in groceries. I think they will. They should actually be quite large. I don't know exactly how they're going to get there, but they're going to be doing something unique. But I won't be surprised if Amazon now also owns a passenger airline. I won't be surprised if Amazon acquires Southwest Airlines. They could acquire American Airlines. Uh, so I think Amazon is going to have a bit is going to be a major player in aviation. I think Amazon could be a major player in pharmaceuticals and healthcare. So Amazon, the thing that I say to people is understand Amazon is going to evolve as a company. The Amazon today should look nothing like the Amazon in 2030. Amazon, I think, will have an opportunity to reevaluate itself over the years and say, maybe we want to divest a few things and get out of that business and shut it down. So I think that what everyone needs to realize is that because of Amazon's ability to think big and their ability to implement programs fast, that's what continues to keep them ahead of the game. And we also have to remember this. Amazon today is number two on the Fortune 500. Only Walmart is bigger than Amazon. By next year, Amazon will become the largest company by revenue in the world. So think of what that's going to do to them. And that will only be in 2024. And we're talking where are they going to be in 2030? So I think people are going to be shocked at what Amazon can and will look like in 2030. The only caveat is, does the federal government in the U.S. Mm. find a way to win a court case and make Amazon break up? And that might be something that happens. But if that does, I won't be surprised that there are lots of little Amazons now. AWS is a separate company. Amazon Logistics is a separate company. And both of those could become massive on their own. So I, I would say to people, whatever you do, don't write off Amazon. You really want to be looking that Amazon's going to continue their leadership. Because again, they have such great people and they bring in great people all the time. Fantastic. Well, look, Britton, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. And I hope you'll come on again soon. I'm more than happy to come back. 
Thank you for listening to Retail Disrupted. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the podcast, please leave a rating or review or share it with others. It really makes a difference. Thank you.